Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Happy 2022. Last week, we were in another year, 2021. I gave you the top 10 stories from the Business of Sports for 2021. Here we go into 2022. It's a rants edition of the Business of Sports. I got a lot of them. Because last week was not really about the current events going on, and a lot happened in the last week of 2021. There's a lot happening in the first week of 2022. I'm going to address it all. I got about seven, six, seven, eight rants here, but we'll go quickly through them. I know you all like the podcast being kind of a half hour, kind of works with your schedule. That's the way I do it, and we'll keep it to that length so you can get through it on your on your run, on your walk, on your dog walk, on your drive, however you listen to the Business Sports Podcast, we are presented, as always, by DraftKings. A couple notes before we start. I hope you all are getting the newsletter at andrew-brandt.com. I am starting a new part to the newsletter, even a bigger part, more premium content, where you're going to get a dose of me basically every day. We're going to do a weekly roundtable, do a monthly lecture, and that's all to join the Sports Business League. Put the link in the show notes. I'm kind of humbled by the amount of signups we've had. I've never really done anything premium. And of course, I'm going to continue to do the podcast free. I'm going to continue to do the newsletter free, the column, all of my writing, etc. But giving a way to sort of get me every day, the Sports Business League, I'm going to start it probably around January 15th, coming up soon. So jump in, link in the show notes, join the Sports Business League. All right. Let's get to it. Where should we start? I want to start with COVID, of course. We have this Omicron variant. It is racing through these facilities. I've listened to a lot of podcasts, not sports podcasts, but about the variant, about how incredibly transmissible it is, where, giving you a little science lesson here, the alpha variant of COVID was like an R-naught, meaning how many people would be infected from the average person of two or three. The delta was four or five people, and this is supposedly seven to 10 people, the average person infected would infect. So it's out there, but of course it's less virulent and it's less dangerous, if you will, less hospitalizations, etc. Anyway, back to sports. It's racing through all sports. We've seen a pause in the NHL. We've seen any NBA games postponed. Now, in the NFL, what we're seeing is the CDC changing the quarantine regulations, halving it from 10 to 5. In the NFL, that works perfectly, right? It's like set up for the NFL. So what's happening? All these players are going in on Monday. Hey, test me. If they test positive, which, again, with an R out of 7 to 10, you can see how I can race through an NFL facility. They're saying, test me, and they test on Monday, but five days from Monday – is Saturday, or if you want to say Sunday morning. So here we go. They're all planned. We talked about this on Ross Tucker's podcast. Carson Wentz, test positive. You got a big game coming up Saturday. Well, guess what? He's playing because he had five days, even unvaccinated. So we see, we're not saying the NFL is skimping to get through this, although I think they're doing everything they can to get through this without any pauses. But wow. It's like the CDC got together with the NFL, which I'm not suggesting they did, and said, here's what we're doing, right? Here's what we're doing. We're doing five days, and all the players can show up for testing on Monday, and then they get that five-day quarantine if they're positive, and if they're not, of course, they keep going, and that's where we are. 
So what it sets up for is the most important games of the year going forward, the playoffs. We probably won't have star players out unless for some reason they don't show up on Monday and they get the test on Wednesday or Thursday and it doesn't and it's positive then. But, you know, strategically, everyone's going to show up on Monday. And if they're not showing symptoms later in the week, they're not going to get tested unless they're unvaccinated. So that's where we are right now. And I just think COVID, listen, 2020, as we talked about in the end of year show, you know, you had that we were aghast. You know, we had 20 plus infections on the Ravens one week. We had a practice squad receiver playing quarterback for the Broncos. Now that's kind of commonplace, right? We've seen the last few weeks. You've seen these quarterbacks. Ian Book is out there. There's no business playing NFL quarterback. It's the Saints basically gave up a game. It's happened to a few teams. We've seen 20-plus infections on teams like Washington, on the Rams, on, on uh, Seattle, on uh, Cleveland. You know, we're seeing it sort of commonplace. That's where we are. And my mantra about the NFL has been we're playing through. Forget about competitive balance. And, yes, a team like the Saints, which had to play – a fifth-string quarterback, a team like Washington that had to play a quarterback they signed on Saturday to play Tuesday night. Tough luck, you know, and that's where we are. We're not postponing any more, more than a couple of days, so that's where we are. COVID and the NFL, the NFL is playing through, and now they get this gift, if you will, from the CDC. It's, you know, five days. So Monday test, Sunday you're playing. It's going to be an impact on the playoffs. It absolutely is. Okay, second rant. Our friend, I talk about him often, Aaron Rodgers. Now, the issue comes out. It's funny because I did a radio show. I was a guest on Hub Arkish's show on The Score, 670 Chicago, last week. And we talked a lot about Aaron. I gave my thoughts on Aaron, a lot of things. He never mentioned anything negative about Aaron as a host. He never did. Well, it comes out this firestorm this week. He said he'll never vote for an Aaron MVP. Aaron's a jerk. Aaron didn't get vaccinated. Aaron left his team high and dry in the offseason, drama, etc. Aaron responds today, speaking to you Wednesday the 5th, and says, well, that guy's a bum. Okay, now they hate each other. But what it, everyone's kind of sort of jumping in. What a, what a jerk, what a jerk hub is. Listen, what I say is this is an illustration of what we see in sports awards, sports honors, sports hall of fames, that these are humans, right? These are humans making these determinations, making these votes. And humans are flawed and humans are imperfect and humans are not algorithms, okay? We're all gonna be replaced by algorithms and we are in some ways already. And we are slave to algorithms with our social media, but we're still humans. And humans are voting for the MVP, for the Pro Bowl, for the All All NFL, for the NBA All whatever. Humans, not algorithms. And humans have biases, internal inherent biases. So what we're seeing is Hub Arkish is just a microcosm of the voting process. And I read about these Hall of Famers and Someone from this city, from Philadelphia, is going to argue hard for some Philly guy. Someone from San Francisco is going to argue hard for some San Francisco. Well, that's bias because they covered them because they like them. And there's bias against the steroid guys like Mark McGuire. Well, that's bias. And so what the Harvard Arkish Aaron Rodgers episode tells me is 
we're in a, you know, we're not doing this by analytics or algorithms. We probably will one day, not too far in the future, right? These will be determined by algorithms, these awards, these honors, and maybe even the Hall of Fame, not fully, but at least partly, to take away the inherent biases. This is, you know, what we're seeing with Hub Arkish and Aaron Rodgers is the way the sausage is made. That's basically it. This is what happens. Okay? So I just think that's important to realize. Forget about who's right, who's wrong, who's a bum, who's a jerk. What You know, one thinks, Hub thinks Aaron's a jerk. Aaron thinks Hub's a jerk. I think Hub was speaking out of turn. But hey, how much bias is going on in these awards or anything that they're voting on that we don't hear about? I mean, at least Hub Arkish put it out there. There may be others that vote against Aaron Rodgers, and we never know. Or maybe we'll find out, you know, in some kind of readout, but we'll never know why they voted against him because they won't talk about it. And Hub did. So that's my rant about Hub Arkish and Aaron Rodgers. Listen, that's that's what happens. <laughs> Get used to it. It's happened for years. Now we're just seeing behind the curtain sausage making on that. Okay. Third rant, Antonio Brown. You know, Sunday, uh, we're following the Gifford games. I think a lot of you are. And it comes across the wire, the social media that, wait a minute, Antonio Brown left the field, took his shirt off, took his uh, uniform off and left in the middle of the game. And I have to admit, here's my reaction. Eh, That sounds about right, right? Like a Seinfeld reaction. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because this is a guy who's exhibited behavior where you could say, yeah, he would do that. He would do that. If you had to pick among the populace of NFL players, 2,000 players, who would do that? He would do that. He would do that. So I have little sympathy, right? And I know, I'll get to the other, the empathy and mental health part. I have little sympathy. This guy has exhibited this kind of behavior for years. Now, the Steelers put up with it for a long time. Then they moved on, took a $20 million, $21 million cap hit rather than keep this guy on their team and took two medium round draft choices. The Raiders gave up two medium draft choices and had him from the team for three months. He played a little bit in one preseason game. They were done, over. Never even paid him on the contract. He never made it to the season. Goes to the Patriots, they paid him $9 million bonus. I don't know what the status of that is. He lasted six days. Sexual assault allegation came out. He's gone. And then it took a while and then the Bucks take him after a suspension and You know, Tom Brady's a champion and it didn't work. And as we sit here today, he's still technically on the roster. He's not going to play. I think the Bucs are concerned. Maybe they release him. Somebody else picks him up, trying to figure out how the payment's going to be, if there's going to be a grievance, the union, all that stuff. I don't think it's a big deal. He's still on the roster. You know, he's going to get paid anyway. He's a vested veteran if he wanted to get that money. So here we are. Okay, here's the point about mental health with it. I don't mean to minimize it. Right. I don't mean to minimize. Everyone's talking about mental health and he needs help. Come on. He's needed a help a long time. I've never heard about mental health. And I know people that have dealt with Antonio Brown, lawyers, agents, whatever. And they've said, you know, we try to tell him he just doesn't listen. Because if you try to tell a person like that what they not don't want to hear, you're fired. You're fired. And if you're a friend, well, you know, whatever. 
he has constantly stiffed vendors, chefs, the chef ratted him out about the fake vax card. Fake vax card. What kind of person does that? Is that mental health? We never heard about mental health when he was faking a vaccination card. Do we hear about mental health then? So again, forgive me for being insensitive, but mental health, this he's on like his 20th second chance. And I know greater talent equals greater tolerance, but come on. Antonio Brown has has gotten so many enablers, has so many enablers around him, and he's been enabled by teams, obviously. So I think it's time that we sort of make him grow up. I don't know how it's going to happen. It's not going to, it doesn't seem to be happening. He's hanging out, watching games. He's doing whatever he does. But this is a guy that has a way of skirting responsibility, even at an advanced age. I don't know how old he is now. He's been around a long time. You'd think people grow up by then. But again, it's great mental health is around. It's, it's, it's awareness. We're all talking about it, but come on. Antonio Brown is just, it's who he is. It's like, it's like that boyfriend or girlfriend or friend or business associate that you all think, well, he's going to change. You know, once he gets with me, he's going to change. Once he gets this, he's going to change. She's going to change. He's going to be different. No, 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 not, not going to happen. Okay. One more rant. I mean, I got a lot of rants this week. Obviously, I'm moving through them. The uh, Washington football team, <laughs> we saw the railing collapse last week. If you saw that, Jalen Hurts coming off the field, the railing collapses. We've seen sewage spewing out of FedEx field. Listen, it's a tough thing for me, born and raised, diehard Washington football team fan. They were the Redskins with me growing up. So many childhood memories of my dad and me going to games since I was a toddler. I'm from that area. My family's still all there. We grew up diehard fans, just followed them like crazy. And I miss that part of my life. But I just don't have any fandom left for them. And I talk to so many friends and family that I don't. I mean, you see, you know, I'm a Packers employee for 10 years. I sort of gave it up then. But I kept going to bars and watching Washington Redskins games later in life, past my childhood. It's just something going on there. It's just a bad feeling. You've got the Washington toxic workplace investigation. You've got, and and listen, I like the president, Jason Wright, who they hired this year. He's been on the podcast, as you know, so check out that podcast. But listen, it just smacks of a obvious diversion point. We have a big announcement this week. They're changing the name on February 2nd. It's going to happen. It's a big deal. But this is a day after their railing breaks. And supposedly no one was checking on these people. They were sort of asking, you know, get out of here. And, and maybe even, you know, you're not hurt. And they said they gave medical attention, but the people said they never gave him medical attention. Jalen Hurts put him on blast saying, you know, you got to treat these people better. So that's where we are. You know, it's, it's unfortunate, but that's where we are with Washington. I, they just never seem to get it right. Now, even if it, even if it was well-intentioned to have this announcement, it's not till February 2nd. You didn't need to announce it this week. So it just appears as such a diversion of what they've done here. So listen, I'm still hopeful. I grew up a mile from Daniel Snyder. We're the same age. I never really met him. I saw him at league meetings a few times, kind of said hello. 
but that's about it. And no, I didn't say Dan. <laughs> I didn't say Mr. Snyder. I wasn't going to get caught in that. So Washington football team, Jason Wright, I like you, but come on. Why the timing? At least sort of address the railing first, and then you can announce that there's going to be a name change. And then there's all this talk about, well, it's already, it's the website saying they're the admirals, but that's diversion, I think. I don't think they're that stupid to say where people can find out the name. All right. I'll be back with more rants. I just want to give you a word from our sponsor, AutoZone. You can shop your way at AutoZone no matter what your way is. Everything you need for your car. If you're more of a today person, you want to get what you need right away. That's kind of me. I just, what do I need right now? You can order online, pick it up fast with free same day store pickup at AutoZone. No waiting in lines, shopping through the store for 20 minutes because you can't find an obscure part or refuse to ask for help. Hey, that's me. <laughs> that's who I am. But you could also be more of a tomorrow person, a planner. You know, that's people I know, but it's not me. It's a job that can wait a bit. You can order what you need on AutoZone.com. You get next day delivery. You can even order as late as 10 p.m. Your package will arrive the next day right on time. Like if it's late, you realize you forgot something you needed for the job. You don't feel like going back to the store because you're too tired. Hey, sounds like me again. Every car is different. Every car owner is different. And that means every car's job is different. That's why AutoZone offers you more ways to shop your way. Oh, and they got all six thousand stores to help you at a moment's notice throughout the country so you've got that going for you too which is totally nice all those locations for AutoZone so the next time you're starting a job with your car and it's going to be a same day job if it's my deal go to the zone okay free same day pickup or free next day delivery all through AutoZone.com it is the place to go, no matter what kind of car shopper, car buyer, do it now, do it later, you are. Okay, get in the zone, auto zone. Back to the rants. Okay, let's go off, to, off topic football for a couple minutes. thought it was interesting, fanatics. You may know them as a licensor of league merchandise, team merchandise, jerseys, sweats, Shoes, okay, you, fanatics, right? Well, fanatics has become a lot more than that. Fanatics has gotten big in NFTs uh, with Candy Digital, with Gary Vee. Fanatics is into a lot of things. The owner's a guy named Michael Rubin. Michael Rubin, as I sit here in suburban Philadelphia, is probably about a mile away from me. I know him a little bit. He's a local guy, and he's quite a story. And he's a part owner of the Philadelphia 76ers. Well, here's what happened. Ruben got in, Fanatics got into the trading card business. So Tops has been a signature iconic brand in trading cards forever. So what happened is Fanatics takes on, goes directly to the source. They go to the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball Players Associations, does deals directly with them. Now they get their foot in the door. Now Tops loses value. Now the Fanatics takes that lost value and purchases them, gives them reported half a billion, $500 million. And all of a sudden, Fanatics has become a leading brand, maybe the leading brand with trading cards. Of course, now they're going to be digital. In my day, if you're a certain age like I, these would be the physical, digi not digital, non-digital, hard trading cards 
I just think it's a great success story for Michael Rubin, for Fanatics, and really kind of a strategic, well, let's say it, a strategic uh, shots at Tops. Tops is going to be subsumed by Fanatics. So the trading card business just underwent in the past couple of days a massive change. Okay, so what Ruben and Fanatics did was they went to the source, the Players Association, did the deals with them, the actual players. And now Tops gets devalued. They buy Tops and Tops for a half a million dollars, and they become Tops owner in producing these cards. So I think it's important to note in the Business Sports Podcast, we've just seen overnight a sea change in the trading card business from Tops to Fanatics, which was purely a licensing store for merchandise, which has now become much bigger than that. Okay. Another, uh, another part, I'm sorry, another rant. I'm going through eight of these. So they're quick ones. John Madden died. You know, we haven't talked about this. Uh, this happened last week. I did a podcast last week as, as I've talked about, which top 10 business stories from 2021 and we didn't we neglected John Madden because it happened right after I recorded. Listen, we've all talked about how iconic a name he is, how he's one of the top five names in the history of the NFL, perhaps, certainly in broadcasting. But here's what you need to know about Madden. And my father's generation, they knew him as a coach. My generation knew him as a broadcaster. My son's generation knows him as the eponymous name of the video game. But what we all should know is that he brought a new sense to football. He made it fun. He made it digestible for the masses. And that doesn't happen often. When you have someone that can take a complex subject and make it easy to understand for the masses, that's a great thing to do. That's what I try to do in my niche. Now, he did that in his niche with much more mass market appeal and he was a cool guy. I mean, he had a place at the Dakota. He's riding this bus around the country. He was stopping and eating and being with people. I just think it's a great lesson. Now, my personal experience with Matt, I got to talk about because you see my Brett, my my Packers helmet. I was there for the entire time. I was there with Brett Favre. Brett was a favorite of Madden. Anyone who watched Madden knows Brett Favre, Brett Favre, Brett Favre. You know, he loved saying the name. He loved the guy, and Brett loved him back. Brett admired the way he's so into ball. And of course, John admired how Brett was so candid, his country boy humorous gunslinger, his risk-taking on the field, just such an all-Madden type player. Well, what happens when we went on road trips is what happens is, you, you know, the broadcast crew asked for a few people. They want to interview and, and Brett would always be requested and we, he'd go last because he loved talking ball with Troy Aikman or Matt Millen, or of course, John Madden. What would happen though, is he'd get in there with Madden, he'd go for hours, you know, in the afternoon, it's fine because the team was off. Brett couldn't go anywhere. He's stuck in the hotel, the celebrity's so big. So he just talks to Madden, but we'd be in the team meeting starts at 8 p.m. We're like, where's Favre? And Favre would be still in the network production meeting, swapping stories with Madden. They would talk ball, they would swap stories. He'd talk about his uncle Rube. And then, of course, the next night on Sunday Night Football or Monday Night Football, whatever it was, then Madden would be, especially in a blowout, talking about, hey, Brett said this, but you should see his uncle Rube. You should see this. You can see that. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so great. They were a kinship. 
So when I think of man, I think of Favre. When I think of Favre, I think of man. They were tied at the hip, and they were a pair made in heaven. Of course, John has beat him there, uh, and so we all mourn the passing of John Madden. A couple more. First, the uh, Wonderlick test is no longer. Okay, that came out today. News today that the Wonderlick test is no longer. Now, I think to talk about the Wonderlick, I'll say this. You know, in, in the draft room and grading players, we really came down to sort of a mix, right? I think people make too much of combine measurements, game film. What about this? It all goes into a big stew pot. You stir it up and you come out with a grade on a player, first round, third round, sixth round, whatever it is. And Wonderlick is one of those things. Let's admit it. It was one of those things. So on the card, you have height, you have weight, you have speed, you have 40 time, you have all these things, agent, and you have Wonderlick. It's on there. So is it important? Was it important? Yeah, I mean, it was one of 20 things that were important. I don't know what weight teams give it certain weights. We draft a lot of guys that had low Wonderlicks. We drafted guys with high Wonderlicks. Aaron Rodgers, very high Wonderlick. I don't, dis- I don't lament the fact it's gone, but I think there's going to be some other assessment tool and then teams have their own. Teams have their own. What it really is trying to do is show your ability to think on your feet, think quickly on your feet, pivot into a different line of thinking. So a question would be, you know, you're going down the road, you see something in the road. If you, t- if you swerve, you may hit a pedestrian. If you don't swerve, you're going to hurt yourself and your passenger. You know, these are all these, these sort of the quick decision-making, what would you do? And I know people say, well, what's the right answer? Well, sometimes there isn't a right answer. But if you answer this way, you're more of an aggressive type. If you answer this way, you're more of a meek type. These are all things that went on the Wonderlick. I don't think we're going to miss the Wonderlick. And what was happening over the past few years, like everything, is there was abuse. People were getting hold of the test. People were using it, knowing the answers coming in. So anyway. The Giants, I know, had this 400, you know, uh, question survey, which can serve as their wonderlick. I don't know if they still use it. And every team's going to have something. And maybe they have you an interview with a psychologist. That happens. You know, if you're if you're up for consideration by the team, the team might say, hey, would you mind talking to this person for us? That's their psychologist. That's their person that does the equivalent of the wonderlick. So RIP to the Wonderlick, but don't think teams are not going to assess mentally, cognitively verbal tests. That's going to happen. Okay, my last rant is to the world of tennis, because I think it's important to note it just happened where I saw a tweet from the Australian prime minister. So what happened was they're starting the Australian Open. And the world's number one player, Novak Djokovic, is going to play. There is some allowance made. He's unvaccinated. And this causes a huge outcry. Like, wait a minute, what's going on? You're not allowed, the unvaccinated players aren't allowed to play. Well, special dispensation made for Djokovic. My saying all the time is greater talent equals greater tolerance. Well, that tolerance ran out because Scott Morrison the Prime Minister of Australia has tweeted, here, uh, I'm recording this late afternoon on Wednesday, just tweeted, Mr. Jokovic's visa has been canceled. 
Rules are rules, especially when it comes to our borders. No one is above these rules. Our strong border policy has been critical to Australia, having one of the lowest death rates in the world from COVID. We are continuing to be vigilant. The prime minister has spoken, and Jokovic, as we speak now, is out of the Australian Open because he can't get in. He's unvaccinated. Unvaccinated players, unvaccinated people are not allowed into the province where the Australian Open is played. This has already taken a couple turns. I'll see if it takes another turn. Obviously, the organizers of the Australian Open want Jokovic. He is guaranteed marketing, sales, attention, television ratings around the world, including here in America. Without him, it's less. But rules are rules, as the prime minister said. So we've talked about this theme throughout my podcast. Greater talent equals greater tolerance. This is the best tennis player in the world. He is now, as we speak today, Wednesday, January 5th evening, not allowed to play in the Australian Open, which starts this weekend. We will see. We'll keep an eye on this. But even for the best of the best, COVID is having its effects. Another unvaccinated player. We've talked about Aaron Rodgers. We've talked about Carson Wentz. we talked about Kirk Cousins. Here's another one facing some consequences uh, in being able to participate in a major, one of the four majors in tennis. Okay, leaving you on that note. Got through it. Eight rants, quick ones, keeping you in the half hour time frame. All right, once again, I want to say, show notes will have an address, a, a, a link to sign up for the Sports Business League. You'll get me every day on something I'm going to comment on every day. A lot of educational stuff. If you're into learning about sports, wanting to work in sports, learning how to get into sports, young people, students, young professionals, people wanting to transition to sports, definitely for you. Sports Business League, starting next week, sign up in the show notes. Okay? And the newsletter, of course, sign up at andrew-brandt.com, Instagram, andrewbrandt2, Twitter, andrewbrandt, of course, Clubhouse, adb 719 And of course, this podcast, which I hope is the most unique podcast in the world of the business of sports and life too. Hopefully it gives some life hacks as well. Thanks to my producer, Brian Neal. Thanks to my music producer, Sam Brandt. Just spent the holidays with him in his musical production uh, prowess that he does. That song you hear is by him. And I'll be back next week with another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt.